your future is bright, bro, because God's in control. If God wants it to blow up, maybe it will, whatever. That's not the goal. The goal is that we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So like, how can we share more stories of how God's working in people's lives? But here's what's cool. You can take all that content that you're doing for YouTube, and then you can cut it into micro pieces of content for social and, and upload consistently. This is what I call the mothership strategy. We sit down once, we shoot it, and how many uploads are we going to get on IG from this conversation? Uh, every second of it's going to be in 30 seconds. <laughs> and, and, and Proverbs talks about he who is skilled in their work will sit amongst kings. It'll actually be because you're really good at something is why you'll even have the opportunity to influence people who you shouldn't even be in the same room with. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Kingdom Vision Podcast. We are in Las Vegas, Nevada, with a very special guest, Omar. Is it El Takori? You said it great, dude. Come on, first Good try. Yeah. I was kind of nervous. I was like, because there's an R in there, right? Yeah, there's an R, but I teach people to just skip it. Yeah. Like, just don't even worry about that first R. Yeah, so, I was, yeah, first try. How about that? Yeah, but me and Brayden here, as always, um, we're excited just to hear, like, how God's moving in your life, how God is moving in Vegas. Um, so just, I guess just a warm up question. What's a unique thing about being a pastor or in just living in Vegas full time? Cause people come here for, for vacation right. to escape, to come here for a good time, but you're here year round. Yeah. So what's the unique part about it? Dude, I have like honestly learned to love this place. Uh, my family, we moved from the Bay area in San Francisco in 2001. And so at that time I was just in fifth grade and so Vegas is like, it's been home for a really long time. Um, but I've learned to love it because I've seen the development. Like it, the, the Vegas you see today is not what, you know, you saw five years ago, not what you saw 10 years ago and even 20 years ago when I moved here. So like, I think the development is really fun and it's, it's exciting, but like as a local here, dude, it's awesome. It's like, we all share this thing. Like this is a very small city. Like typically, you know, somebody who knows somebody and that's it. Like there's at least one connection because there's one school district. You can get across town without traffic in, in 30 minutes or less. And you made it across town, you know, so it's small, but it, but it is cool. And, uh, it was in 2011, I got like radically saved and it was at like a spirit filled church, um, a non-denominational. And I think, I think a call to a city was like revealed to me for the first time that like, Oh, like when you get saved, you should get called to a place in space and, and then give your life to that thing because that's what God's going to reach people. And so my heart for the city grew even more after I got saved. And you know, um, what's funny is I did feel a call to ministry, maybe not immediately, but I just started serving, and at the time, Sean Cannell was at—he was the director of communications at the church. Sean Cannell is the CEO of Think Media, and so I just kind of fell under his wing. And I finished my degree at UNLV, and uh, and just picked up a part-time job as like a video assistant. And For sure. Um, but yeah, you know, fast forward, still here in ministry, still doing my thing, and um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk more about it. An interesting thing I want to talk about is the transition from serve team with your camera or serving with your camera through creative gifts to now being a vocal leader in the pastor role. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't have a very, very big sample size, but it doesn't seem like that happens all the time. You just vocalizing it. It like, it hits a core piece in me because I know I'm paving a way. Like, mm-hmm. and, and the reason I know that is because I, I pondered a, a, a desire that God gave me simply because the church I was originally at, 
it was, you know, the platform was like a, it was kind of like a value system. Like, you know, you're super gifted if you can preach. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and I had a desire to not, not even preach. I had a desire to pastor people. And mm-hmm. so me and my wife just started a young adult, uh, um, small group. Mm-hmm. Dude, it grew, we had like a 1300 square foot house and it grew to like 40 people and we would move furniture just so people could sit on the ground. And my heart for community and, and helping people like, and I would just say compassion grew in me. And, I, and, and so there has been moments where I have, you know, doubted my, my calling simply because it didn't, I didn't have nobody to look after. I'm like, you know, there, there is this track of tradition. The pastor is married to the worship leader. You were the youth pastor. Now you, if you're not going to be the next, you know, lead pastor, you're going to branch off and do you know, your own church, but yeah. shout out to your wife. She could sing. And so she can hold it down on the weekends and you can come up and preach. And like, there was like this, there's this image, like this traditional image. And I've, I've gotten, I've gotten essentially three words that I can account for it. In, in, in 2014, a guy named Dr. Mike Maiden, who's like great prophetic gift. He prophesied over me that he said, you're going to be great at many things. So many people are average at many things, but there you're going to have a supernatural anointing to be great at many things. I'm like, praise God, I received that. I'll take that. <laughs> and, uh, and then it was like 2015, I got a, another, a, another word from a guy named Mark Francis. He leads, he leads a church called Ocean's Church in OC in California. And his word, he brought me and my brother up. My brother's a youth pastor right now. And he said, Omar, you're going to have influence in business and in ministry. With an influence in business, but, but also in ministry. Mm-hmm. But business will have like the, like the emphasis. Gotcha. And then he told my brother the opposite. He's like, you, you Michael, you're going to have ministry and business with the emphasis in ministry. I was like, cool. Again, I receive it. I'll take it. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll take the, the influence words, you know. And then it wasn't till Heather Torres. Heather Torres is, was someone who was one of the creators at Think Media. She yeah. just recently uh, moved to Nashville and we're so excited for her. And she actually broke something off me in 2017, I believe. We were at The Link we were doing a meetup for Think Media, um, and there was a lot of creators that came out. But before they all came, we were just hanging out and we were talking. And and I brought that up. I was like, dude, you know what's tough for me is like I just feel like I have to choose. Like I got to be the camera guy, and I can't be pastor. You know, like. And she was like, she literally she said, Omar. She looked me dead in the eye. I'll never forget it. I remember exactly where we were standing. She was like, for you, it's both. You have a call and a grace to do both. And I'm learning that there that is such like a a freeing thought process or even belief that God can give you a grace to do two things really well, you know, and, mm. and it doesn't have to look quintessential or traditional. And now because I feel the, now I feel like the, the I guess the, I guess the permission and I've always had the permission to walk in it, but like now I'm walking it with a, with a different level of like authority and confidence because I know this is like what God's graced me to do and I've literally experienced his grace in it so like Omar how do you do both dude because God graced me to do it and I can't account for you know the things I can't control like you know uh like my pastor pastor Jabin just understanding that dynamic and that call and and -hmm. pushing me into it too you know and like because because it takes you know leadership to even acknowledge that the gift in your life and to accept it if even if it doesn't solely maybe like make a direct connection connection and benefit so dude, I'm, I'm grateful because like the dynamic I walk in is, is insane. Like not too many people know me on Sunday, you know, 
a lot of people know me as pastor Omar at our church, but they don't realize like until they accidentally are looking for a camera during yeah. the week, they're like, dude, people pastor Omar. So many different reasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, but at the end of the day, I think it, it just being, you know, true to my calling is what has allowed God to then, you know, he's like, all right, now, now that you've trusted me with the fact that you are called to a unique calling, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, give you influence. And, and so I don't take it lightly, but I also know that there's people that need to be told that like you could be called to do both, you know? And, um, and I think it would free, free a lot of people. For sure. I, uh, I want to, we're going to get to camera stuff and media stuff later for a church, but one quick question before we go to pastor Omar, real deep down theological questions or God questions, but are you, do you create yourself anymore? Or are you just like teacher? Like, are you, I, all, all, everything I see you do is you're educating. Right. Do you create for yourself anymore? When, when you say create for yourself, what do you mean? Like, cause a lot of you things you're creating are these talking head videos, yep. but like I watched a video from you. I was looking up how to make cool videos for your church and oh, yeah. your, how to take cool photos for yep. your church popped up. Um, like creating for your church in terms of photography, mm. videography, ads, creative expression outside of just talking head, which mainly is informational. Right. Do you do any of that stuff or is it mainly just talking? Head? No, dude. I mean, like, and so that, that was like on my personal channel, yeah. you know, like, and I've, I've dabbled with stuff cause there was a season where I was like, okay, I'm just going to take photography a little serious for a season. And so, uh, started making photography tutorials. It grew my, my personal, like right now I have like around 30,000 subs yeah. and I haven't uploaded to it in like maybe two years or something like that. Yeah. But, um, but as far as like creating, I, I think, I think that place is what I am on Instagram maybe, you know, like, but I don't necessarily like create for myself. I, I create with the intention to know that I just want to help people with my content, you know, like, so I do like, I air toward the educational informational content rather than the entertainment side of content, you know? So you're not out there making those cinematic. I have a funny story when I was at, I watched your video, how to make cool photos. And I took some stuff from it for me, but it was a funny story of the first ever like church video I tried to make. I'm trying to make the cinematic in camera transitions, all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm up there in the front row, just like, yeah, like whip transition, just whipping everything. Yeah. I just look like a goon. Right. I, but I mean, God's grace is sufficient, of course, <laughs> yeah. but like, I look back at it. He makes fun of me all the time. And we just, it was, it was not good, but anyways, we want to, let's go to, let's, I want to, well, I mean, like as far as like, even do so you mean like me behind the camera? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 100. Yeah. You know, like I, whenever I get a chance to, I do it, you know, like, so Kyle Anderson, he's one of the, the content team leads at think media. Mm -hmm. He actually oversees the production side of things at, at city light. And, um, and sometimes when we do like a, like a, a worship shoot, I'm like, dude, put me in coach, you know, yeah, like, I wanna and, go. and, and, and as I've created systems so that people can grow and be, you know, uh, as photographers and creatives at our church. And so like, it doesn't require me as much. Um, and that's only because those systems have been created, but like time, here and there, I'm like, I want, dude, I love it. I love, I love, cause I love like trying to do something new, like a lot of times too. Like, so, you know, we're, we're confined in a current space that we're in and I like, how can we actually make this look cooler? You know, whether it's a reel that we're creating or whatever. So my mind is always there. And so I, I, I'm still, you know, like a, a, a behind, I, I'm still, the, I think that I'm still that guy, by the way. Yeah, I still think that I'm I'm always holding a camera and I am behind it. Yes, I am in front of it when I you know, and that's what a lot of people know me for. But like your perspective is from behind the camera, right? Always for sure. All right, we're gonna ask you some some God questions real quick, and I'm gonna go first, and Brandon's gonna ask you one. Um, I feel like there's three types of people in the world. There is 
people who recognize they're, they're, they're chasing after Jesus with everything in them, right? They're following, they, yeah, they're just chasing after him. Other end of the spectrum, heart is hard, like completely running away from God. The people I want you to talk to right now are the people who are in the middle. I feel like there's, I know specifically two or three people that I've talked to personally that they know Jesus is real. They believe in Jesus, but there's a resistance to surrendering. And, mm-hmm. and the analogy I use when I came to faith was, I've never bungee jumped off of a bridge or skydived, but it was a similar feeling for me in terms of trusting and surrendering. It felt like I was going to jump off a cliff mm-hmm. with no support. That's what surrendering felt like to me. And there was, there was so much resistance there so much. It was tough for me. Um, to the person who may be feeling similar. Yeah. What, what do you say to them? Yeah, man. I, I think if you're, if you, if you're in the middle, I think most people that are in the middle are they lo- like love the idea of being saved and that because that happens in a moment you know Jesus I trust you with my life you know um, however that's just the moment but like so many people get stuck at salvation and mm-hmm. sanctification is that's the majority of the journey I have actually my theology about the Holy Spirit has increased because I'm like Jesus is, is just purely for the forgiveness of my sins. Now it's the Holy Spirit taking over. Mm-hmm. So like the way I, the way I have a, my, my, my relationship with the Holy Spirit and, you know, there's no favoritism that doesn't matter which one you emphasize, but I do think there's a theological approach to your relationship with God and leaning into the Holy Spirit. So a lot of people are taught about Jesus and Jesus teaching is, is usually purely just for the salvation part for that moment to make the decision but now you got to like build your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And here's what's crazy in the book of Revelations, you know, John's talking about seven churches. Mm-hmm. And one of the churches he 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 actually is he has something to say about every church. And six out of the seven churches, they're corrections. One of the churches he he tells them, so Revelations like 1 or 2. Mm-hmm. He tells them like, "Yo, be careful, don't be lukewarm. Either go all in or 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 just get out altogether." You sure. know? you decide to be all in or all out because being lukewarm isn't going to do anything. And what's crazy is the only church that he actually thanked and the only church that he uh, was grateful for was the church in Philadelphia and their quality that he was grateful for is that they kept the word. Mm -hmm. Could it be that you're stuck? Could it be that you're lukewarm? Could it be that you're in the middle because you haven't leaned into the God's word? Amen. So you preach it now. So uh, I think it was Risen Nation. They they always talk about. Uh, they have a saying that there's a lot of Christians out here that are spiritual streakers because they're rocking with that helmet of salvation and nothing else. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> they just good. Got the helmet on and they're rocking. <laughs> dude, and what, that's not bad. That's not bad. Dude, speaking of that, like the only thing that's a weapon is the word. Right. That's and true. a weapon is used for offense. Mm. All the other things are defensive things. You mm. know, they're yeah. going to protect you. And I think that's the key to leaning in. Like, what it, what's your relationship with God's word? Because it, it says so much. And, and I'm passionate about making these things simple. And that's why, like, on a Sunday when pastor asks you me to get up there and preach on a weekend, I'm like, what do, what do I wish I knew when I was just first saved? You know, like, um, and so I, I try to stick with those things. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the fruit. You know, I just preached this last Sunday on... Uh, how to get the Bible, how to get the word of God in you. Very mm-hmm. simple like idea, but 
but like John says in John one, you know, three different times. If, 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 if you say you, you know him, but you don't have the, the word in you, then you're a liar. I'm like, Oh dang, dude, that's a lot. It's brutal. I mean, so, it's, but we, yeah. we got to get the word in us. The, 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 the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword piercing. So like it's living and active with the sole purpose to get inside of us. So like, I, I just think it's, it's a lot of people's hang up, you know, and I get it. The frustration is like, I don't know where to start. You know, I, I that's why I always encourage people proverb of the day. Just go to that, whatever day that is. That's where I started. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't stop reading the Bible for like, when I first got like really turned over, I could not stop reading the Bible. And I started in Proverbs and I read it like eight hours a day and I was just stuck. And I was like, I can breathe. I'm like, what is going on? It's like drinking water for the first time. (laughs) Like, where has this been my whole life? And so, yeah, I would say I would totally for the Proverbs. Yeah. It's, it's It's so simplistic and it gives you... Uh, you know, base wisdom, I feel like to 100. just know right from wrong, you know, as you're starting out. Yeah. And I'm grateful to be, you know, the timing of, you know, me being a, a pastor to see the effect of your preaching on social media. Like, I don't want to minimize what I don't see. Like, obviously people are doing things, but like Monday morning, I saw people in Proverbs five, which it was the 5th of December. And then I saw people reading the Ephesians, which is just what I said. I mean, I was just like, dude, if you don't know where to start, I'm, I'm just what I'm doing tomorrow. But like, preaching people into the action of, of leaning into their relationship with God. It's, it's beautiful. Like, you know, being able to see it and, um, all that to say, yeah. And I, w- sure. I would say God's word, man. <laughs> yes, sir. God's word. Simple. It's truly the answer. It's truly the answer. Um, I'd like, when I first got saved, it, I realized my knowledge was progressing faster than my obedience was. Mm, dang. So I feel like I could make a lot of I could probably make a good evangelical pitch, tell somebody, hey, like give them the five points. I had all these tools, right, that I had learned. And, but my holiness was lacking, right? So I think that what it came down to was I was, knowledge, it, knowledge leads to a higher view of God. Obviously, if we learn Bible facts, wow, God's really cool, right? We learn, we get a higher view of him. Right. But mere knowledge can't, change your life only the person of jesus can right um and that's something that it it took me time to realize that i I was i could recite a lot of facts or recite a lot of things even to the point is like i don't want to say useless information useless information but supplementary information manuscripts cool historical facts right ultimately those things aid like oh that's cool that god you know if god is real he would naturally leave Right. things in history or scientific facts, things like that. Those are, those aid and support. But ultimately if nothing existed like that, only the person of Jesus, like we would still believe because of how captivating his person is. Right. Um, yeah, yeah man. I mean, I dude, I think, you know, wisdom is actually the original word of it is, is just knowledge applied. Like yes. it's application. So when it's like, Big difference when the Bible says wisdom. get wisdom, it's like get going, doing what you've learned. Because it's yeah. not even wisdom, what we think in the modern day vernacular, to yeah. even begin with if you're not applying what it is you know. And I actually have found that like understanding the Bible more than just, just reading scripture, you begin to understand God's word when you begin to obey it. It's like, oh, now I actually get it. You know, it's like it's, it's when it becomes apl- applied is when I actually grow in my understanding. So there's a difference between knowing things and understanding things. 
And yes. I think a lot of times, you know, we just, a lot of people hide, like to hide behind the knowledge because it's easy to, but, you know, God knows the heart. And at the end of the day, if you get to know somebody, you're like, okay, well, the, the, what they, what the, how they live doesn't line up with what they say, you know. For um, sure. And yeah. that's even for believers too, though. Yeah, like, because that's, that's saved Cole talking. Like, I've only been saved three years, February. So that was like the first year, like knowledge. You know, I was saved, but just like sanctification anyways. But, um, Brayden, ask him the question about uh, prodigal son. Oh, so right, I, unless you had something I was, else. I was actually going to read the part okay. of the sun. Go for it, brother. Go for it. So, and then I'll ask you a question after. Uh, or two, I had two questions, but I'll, I'll read it first. So, uh, this is out of Luke 15, 11 through 30-something. I don't know. Are we reading the whole thing, huh? I'm reading the whole thing. Oh, let's do it. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. you okay. Hey, we just said God's word. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself and he said, How many of my father's servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to, go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate for this my son was dead and is, and is alive again. He was lost and is found but, and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends." When the son of yours came, he has devoured your property with prostitutes. You killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So the first thing I was just going to ask was, like, even just from this parable or just in whatever, what is, like, the attribute of God that sticks out the most to you? You know, and you can tie it in whatever. Yeah, dude, one of the best parables, you know. Um, what's crazy about that parable is who's in the room when Jesus is telling it. It says yes. in Luke, you know, in the first verse, it says, now there was tax collectors, sinners, and religious leaders. So, okay, that's, the con- that's, that's who was there when Jesus began. Mm-hmm. Now, Something my brother actually found, which I just like blew my mind because I've heard this preached and I've heard, I've heard this a ton, is that the, the first parable is the parable of the lost sheep. The sheep goes out into the open country 
and then the, the shepherd goes out and grabs him and brings it in. Then the, we have the, the parable of the lost coin. The coin was lost inside of the house. Then we have the parable of the prodigal son, but there was two sons. The young son went out and got lost. The old son stayed inside, but he was lost too. And the difference is rebellion versus religion. So you have the young son who was rebellious, but then you had the older son who was religious. They're both lost. Now, just Jesus was foreshadowing the fact that just because you're in God's house doesn't mean you can't be lost. That you could literally be sitting on a Sunday, coming, serving, and you could be literally just checking off a religious Going box. Through the motions, yep. you, you could be the older brother. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's significant about, I think, because I actually I, I taught on this scripture and something I personally never saw before was remember, there's relig- the religious leaders of the day are in the room. There's a there's a there's a law in Deuteronomy that says if you disown your family, if any son or daughter would disown your family, the village and the elders would have the right to stone that child to death. That's the law. So I used to think when I read that scripture and the dad saw the son on a long way off, I thought it's because God's just good and he beats us to it. But no, I believe the, the, the father knew the son was about to get a beating, that the, that, that the village actually had the, the right to stone this son who disobeyed his family. So I believe that the father went out to, that's why he wrapped his arms around him. Because if they did start to throw the stones, who would they hit? A picture of the crucifixion. Let's go. Come on now. Why would the dad say he was dead, but now he's alive? He wasn't dead. Yeah. But the dad knew he probably was going to be dead because yeah. that's what the law said. Mm-hmm. But that's what grace is. That's what Jesus does. He, he, he covers our sin. He, 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 he takes the, the beating and for, for the beating we deserve. And, dude, just a, a beautiful image. And, and that's what, here's what's also another crazy dynamic about it is the perspective of each person. The, the younger son was like, make me like one of your hired servant, right? Like the, the young son wanted the position that he thought maybe his brother had because his brother was like, I've been slaving yeah. all this time. They, they both, they they both, both wanted had the it same off. position. They were, and one was grateful, one was, I mean, not ungrateful. Oh, yeah, I know. But, but, but I would even say that the young son, had, had, that's, a wrong, that's a wrong way of looking at our God too, our father. Like, just make me your, your servant. Yes. No, you're a son. Exactly. But then the older, the older brother is a son too. I've been slaving. You're not a slave. You're a son. So they both, yeah. They wow, both had the wrong point. issue. So they both I, had the same actual, they had the same ideology in the fact that they both felt like they were slaves. 100. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. But all that to say, like, it just, it, it shows, I think it, obviously it's a grace story. It's just, it's, it just, it just points us back to how good God is, how much he lavages, lavishes uh, the younger son and celebrates that, you know, but, but at the end of the day, just always know, remembering that like, just cause I'm in God's house doesn't mean I'm safe. Like, no, like ch- check my heart, God. One more God question before we start talking about you again, which is still about God. But mm-hmm. we, I think, I know one person who talked to me about this and these are thoughts that I've had myself too, which they're fleshly, they're 
maybe from the enemy. I don't know where they're coming from, but they're not of God. And it's the thought of, hey, I'm 20. But I'm about to be 23. December 15th is my birthday. Hey, these, tw- these 20s, these 23 to 30. Dude, formidable. Formidable years, like insane. Yes. Insanely. But, yes, but, right? But, but God. But God. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that these are the best years of my life. 100. And they they are to an extent. These are there's a unique time in your life when you're young. You get to you get a lot of unique things. You, it's everything's new, formidable, right? Meet maybe your wife, your spouse, etc. But I would kind of sometimes look at fifty year olds, sixty year olds. Man, like I don't want to get old. Or a guy who talked to me, he said like I just want to soak everything up because this is the best years of my life in a negative sense. Kind of like kind of I want to put my identity in this, or I'm trying to hold on to my youth too much. And you even see old people unhealthy, unhealthily feed into this culture. Like, hey, make sure you enjoy it. These are the best years of your life. Like I'm miserable. Like make sure you enjoy it. And I don't know if that's their intention, but that's kind of a thought I've had, or a negative thought I've had, where people just they want to soak up their twenties. But we know that, I mean, this is just a small part of our life. Yeah. But like 30s, there's gifts. 40s, there's gifts. When 100. you're 70, there's 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 gifts in your life that you don't you can't get when you're 20s. But yeah, I just want you to talk about that idea. If if anything, you have to say about that. The moment you said that, there was an excitement in me because I'm like, you you have so much future. You know, like mm-hmm. hope for your future. You know, and oh, and but but because also I have the perspective of my past. Like I'm, I'm I would. I was grateful to start reading personal development books around that age. I just started and and I I think I became more of the man I am in from my mid 20s to when I to my I'm 31 now. But like that was because of what I was consuming. Um I just think I I think we are hyper developmental during that phase. But like for an older, I mean, it, you can go so many different ways because I, I know older people that are more energetic than young than twenty year olds. Like mm-hmm. I, I I know twenty year olds that are yeah. super lazy, and I know retired people, and they're not even retired because they don't believe in retirement. You know, true. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, like you can go both ways. But I think the end of it, the 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 place that everybody needs to come to, it's super cheesy. But like when we say the best is yet to come, obviously the context of that is that like eternity is real. That that's why the best is always yet to come. But Jesus also said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Like there's a belief that there is, there is a better tomorrow always. There just always is, you know. And I think uh, when you lose sight of that, it actually is going against how God wired you. You know, my pastor likes to say like we're all hardwired for hope. But if we are not hopeful, then that's when depression starts sinking in. And then you start thinking about like your past. And it's like, it's like dude, no, your future is bright, bro, because God's in control you know, and, um, but that's what I would tell people. I mean, just yeah. always believing that the future, dude, I'm freaking pumped. Like, dude, I'm like trying to do stuff, bro. Yeah. So I'm like low key. I'm like, dude, get that energy away from me. Sure. You know, like, and, and I hope, I hope that like, I, I want, I need, I need 60 year olds that, that are like going like, you know, like leaning into Oh yeah. Nothing more powerful than, a, than someone with, with the wisdom and the, still the desire 100 and, and older that's one of my favorite things about the local church by the way i don't know where you can get that anywhere else where can you get generationals in a melting pot and just access like and i i, I have come to learn that like the older men and women in church want to help the young people it's, if we just need the young people need to just pull on them 
because it's not their first instinct to do it. But like we have freaking access in, in the local church, you know, and and then like like the 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 life we could even help them, you know, like the like dang dude, like it, it's just it's a beautiful thing that I don't know where else you can find it, you know, other than the local church. Yeah. One of my favorite things is just the generational connection that happens in the local church. For you personally, you being be able to do both lead people ministry business and be a creative like you've had that call in your life but for somebody who you display somebody who's maintained a successful career outside of the church through think media through creativity through all these things while also not sacrificing your ability to serve within it mm-hmm. right um talk to the individual who is struggling in that sense because we talked about you earlier now relay that to the other person who's working a specifically secular job while and how can they give everything in their in their life to serving their local church yeah man i mean i think there's what pastor craig rochelle would hammer there's a pre-decision that needs to be made you need to pre-decide that i'm going to build my life around god's house so all my ventures all my ambitions all my vision, they, they, they actually just come right back to God's house. Mm-hmm. I'm like literally, and, and, it, and it also comes back to calling, but like all I'm trying to do in all honesty is I just want to make as much money as possible to flood the kingdom of God. So, so if that's not what you want, don't want to do cool. And you don't have to do that. But like whatever your quote unquote secular job is, how are you connecting it right back to the, the kingdom? And that might just be that you are a light in your workplace that's connected. Hey, I'm going to be like, like I I just, and I think sometimes I have moments, dude, I have moments on like, why, why do I care so much? Because, because I'm meeting a lot of like successful entrepreneurs and I'm, I'm running in really cool circles and I'm so grateful for like the relationships, but I'm like, none of these people are building their life around God's house. Even the Christian ones, like even the guys that claim to be Christ followers, I'm like, where's the local church in your life? You know, like, sure, they attend. You know, they probably give. Awesome. But, like, building your life around it. Sometimes I'm, I'm actually wavering. Like, I'm like, is it because I have, like, this, like, I feel a, a, a supernatural call to it? Or or is this what it's supposed to be? You for know? everybody. For everybody. I feel like it should. Because Kevin, Pastor Kevin Gerald says, you know, God's building his church, and it's his plan A, and he doesn't have a plan B. So... I want to be a part of the only thing that God's building. He's building his house. He's building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. But, but with that being said, I'm seeing incredible things come to pass. And I think a lot of people need to know that there's incredible things to come. Like, dude, I'll be, I'll be on a trip and people are like, dude, you're, you're a pastor. <laughs> and they'll call up their assistant and be like, yeah, yeah, give it. Yeah. This church. Yeah. But, yeah. I just gave seven grand to your church. Cool. I'm like, Dude, that's up. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna disclose any names, but a friend of mine who doesn't attend our church, and we just had our what we call a miracle offering. We do it every year. We're we're building a church uh here in Las Vegas. We bought land cash, which is really cool. Yeah. But a friend of mine that I met through entrepreneurship, content, and all that stuff, he gave hundred K to our church. Wow. And that's awesome. When I think about why, like why connect connect it back to the house because of what, how God can use it. It's, I mean, that's a huge blessing. It really is. No, it, it, that's a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of, 
that's a very unique story because not a lot of churches that get that experience. I mean, and, and obviously it's all probably like not even told and stuff. But I, I, I think there like when when that moment happened when he was like, hey, I, I would I'd like to be a part of this. For sure. In my head, I was like, dude, look at God, man. Like, honestly, I was like, I remember like thinking I had to separate it. But like God's honoring the crap out of the fact that I'm connecting it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're out to do. Salt and light, man. Like it's easy. I think it's a kind of American culturized, like um, kind of getting this like, oh, that's your personality. And I'd just say that if God is just on your list of things, that's not a personality trait. If God's not like in every personality, every God makes us all individually different. But God is all, you know, you should build your life around God no matter what what you think you're right. you know what i mean so god I, should I be god that. should be at the forefront of your priority for everybody at a baseline level and then there's facets of how god's going to use you specifically 100 but i think that's what he's dude yeah i know i love it like the the difference between putting god first and building your life building your life around him and dude my pastor pastor javen just illuminated this yesterday we had a team night and he said, you know, where it says seek first the kingdom, we think that means like seek first, like One, God two, first, three, wife yep. second, but yep. it means, thr- it means like throne. It means like it, like, so it actually means to bring it back to the, like everything. It's, m- it's more like a web than it is a list. With God that, at the center. It's a, yes. With God at the center. Been, life to yeah. I've always yeah. been against that too. Like, you know, God's first family second. No, like it's God. And then everything exists for God exactly. around that. Right. Right. That's oh, no. awesome. Just a different way of looking at it for sure. You know, because Absolutely. that's how it can get very dogmatic or that's how it can get like religious. Like, you know, check the box. I did my first thing. I started my week. I paid my first tithe, you know, with the tithe, the first 10. And it's like, no, I'm connecting my finances to the kingdom. No, I'm connecting my family to the kingdom. No, I'm connecting my gifts. Lifelines. Yeah. That's good. But, yeah. So we got to talk some media some 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 social media stuff for that. um by the way i don't know if you i'm a, i do full-time videography so um that's i've probably been watching your stuff like i bought first camera i bought was a6400 and i'm pretty Fine. sure it was one of your videos dude that i have such a cool story that. about that go ahead share it all right i was i was actually thinking about i wish i like had a place to actually share this story <laughs> um so city light was we we officially launched in 2018 february and we my wife and I and a couple other, a couple and a friend Kyle, we all were a part of the launch team. Um, and we did the first miracle offering that November, 2017. And Pastor Jabin was like, hey, we're gonna be doing this every year. Like every year we're gonna take an over and above offering and I wanna start with the launch team, you know? And, and you, you know, I, I you usually wanna give with, with something in mind, you give with something in mind, like in, in regards to like, God, I'm giving you with this because cause you know, you know, I want this, you know, like, and so there was actually a camera I wanted at the time. I wanted the A7R, I think it was three at the time. So it was 3,200 bucks and I had the money to buy it. You know, like we, I, I mean, I wasn't killing it then in whatever regard, regard, I just, I was doing a little bit of videography and photography work and stuff. And God knew I wanted that camera next, but then I felt like it was like, he was like, so it, I'm like, dude, but then I, I want a new camera, bro. He was like, so what? So, so the price of the camera into the church, into the, the, into miracle, the miracle offering. offering. Yeah. And so, so dude, I was just like talking, like, I was like, babe, I feel like, I feel like our number is, is the camera that I, that I wanted. 
and I know when I'm able to, you know, what, what can happen with like a newer camera, you know, like the, there's an investment there, but like me not getting it, I also know the cost that I'm probably going to miss out on just the way your, my brain logically yeah, right. works. So, you know, we give in the miracle offering and then I find myself one year from that month at a, at a Sony camp that I was invited to at the time, I wasn't even someone who would like, no one wouldn't want me to be at a camp, but, but because of cool circumstances and, and, and shout out to Sean, just, you know, he's like, dude, I want you to go. Dude, I, w- I was at the, it was, it was called Sony camp and they invited all these creators and they let us play with the a 6400. And this was before it released. And then what, what's crazy is at that camp, you know, in uh, Catalina Island, California, they had their developers there and they had like notepads and they were like, what do you guys want to see in a camera? And like what the A7S III is, was like essentially what we all wanted. Mm-hmm. It was like 10 bit, you know, you know, 120 frames in 4K, like blah, 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 blah. It took them some years, but it, it's crazy. I, I, and that's why I, I like, I, I feel like God's given me the authority to influence the very thing that I highly desired by just trusting him with it, you know? Yeah. And then you fast forward, now we're like two years after that dude like six figure brand deals with camera companies it's insane like you can't tell me god ain't real bro like (laughs) you can't tell me that straight up like you know uh, fair shout out keenan clark for that one (laughs) (laughs) but what is it seriously like me and him were talking about it i mean you you got 20k on instagram that's like a low number for the amount of influence you have like when you look at youtube I mean, I'm not even saying this just to, since you're, we're talking with you right now, but you're, you and Think Media and, um, I don't know who's the other guy, Nolan, right? Nolan. Y'all as a group are like the face of like a baseline level of educating into the camera world. Like y'all are the face of that. Dude, when you thanks. think of you being at that face, what is, how do you, how does that make you feel? Because like, what is that? Dude, I'm, I'm, can I be straight up with you? Yeah. Cause I want to lie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, like <laughs> on a Christian podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think about that. I, it doesn't occur to me until I go to a conference. Like I, I mm. be, because so much of like creating content is just, you're in your, you're in your bubble. Like I don't, for most weeks, I don't leave a five mile radius. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I, you know, I go to sometimes Kyle house to film. I'll film in my house. Now I got this, but this isn't even five miles away from my house. Yeah. Like, so it, I don't really think of that. Like, and it, it isn't until somebody will vocalize it. I'm mm-hmm. like, dang, that's kind of like, that's cool. Like I could, I could see why, but I'm not thinking about that. Well, truthfully for me, that kind of shifted for me. Cause I worked for a guy named Tyson Durfee. Shout out Tyson Durfee. He, he's been, uh, he hired me out the last three months to make social media content for him. Tight. He has 160,000 followers, right? Prior to that, I kind of, fell into this social media influence like it provides you something type mindset and it wasn't until I met Tyson that I realized he's a normal guy he's the same as me he's the same as my parents he's the same as you're the same as me we're all just people chasing and he's a Christian too chasing after God chasing after you know working hard with our hands and it wasn't until then that it flipped a switch that this really doesn't do anything for me in terms of it was a good thing that happened because prior to that, you know, you're going to social media, you're wanting, I read a book and I talked to Keenan about it, power and influence. Those are the two things when you look at social media that you're trying to get from it right. or like we're here, like we're networking that, that all that stuff. After I met Tyson, it fell to the wayside because I realized that truly can't provide my heart, like my hope, my satisfaction in life. Right. It truly can't do anything for me. Dude, that's why like, I mean, our, our, our mission at Think Media 
um, is to help 10,000 purpose-driven entrepreneurs create a part-time or full-time income with online video and YouTube. A lot of people are like, bro, you guys have exceeded that like crazy. A lot of times we don't get the stories. Like Sean's just like, as long as we rack up 10,000 stories, that's when we, you know, yeah. we probably hit that number. And that's the thing. I mean, the, the mission could be achievable, you know, but the vision is, is to teach Bible based principles for people, you know, for business and marketing so that people know what true life fulfillment is. Cause that's the, that's the thing is dude is like, we're giving the tools for people to do whatever they want with it, you know? And that's a cool, like as we, I like to see it as it's my entry, it's my way of being able to get even a conversation with you, you know, like if you're saved or not saved because I served you and I helped you and I helped you do something. It's just a very strategic way to be like, what else do you have to, for me? And I'm like, you know, it gives that opportunity. I don't know if you guys knew this, but we threw a live event this year. Yeah, it was big. Yeah. Alex Mosey was there. Vanessa we had everybody. Lowry, Dude, we had everybody. everybody. Which is crazy. We also had John Bevere. And we, did a, really? we did a bonus session in the morning. We said the first 300 people get a free book. The room packed out. John Bevere laid out the gospel. And 230 people got saved at our event. Wow. So. John Bevere actually went to the had been to my school too. Is that the yeah. guy we met? No. no. John oh, Bevere, Beta Satan, Driven by Eternity. Great, I mean, prolific author and speaker. Like sure. um, his wife, Lisa, they're just incredible. But like we, we know what our vision is, you know, the, what the vision is. And so, so I mean, that's, that's what we're more concerned with a lot of times. You know, I love it, dude. I love it when people come to church because they saw me on YouTube. Like, dude, praise God, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's the kind of like goes along the lines of what like Paul was talking about, you know, uh, be all things to all people, not, mm. not conform, but like, you want to talk cameras, let's talk cameras. But like, if you want to go Bible, let's go Bible. Yeah, I mean, conform on the things that don't matter. Right. Right. Like, if you need, if I need to wear a certain thing for you to hear the gospel, well, then it don't matter. I'm gonna wear it. Right. Right. Yeah. And dude, I mean, I think I think it's this this I call it a strategy. You can call it whatever. I mean, you know, lack for a better term, but like the strategy to like actually get somebody to hear what you have to say, I think is actually a lost strategy the church has. Because, because it isn't a serve first mentality. It's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like download first or like, listen to what I have to say. You know, it's not like, let me help you. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy how helpful you can become if you just listen to what people's concerns are and try to help them in that. And fill their needs. And fill their needs. It's kind of like what you say is, uh, it's in terms of video, like if your videos aren't performing well, adapt to what your audience wants exactly because your their audience will dictate what you need to make right dude and i dude paul would talk about how his time there is like dude it's somewhere in there i'm not not the guy that like remembers exactly exactly where but he talks about how his time was effective that like there's such thing as effective ministry if there's such thing as effective ministry there's also ineffective ministry ineffective and there's this clip that, that I, I was on a podcast called Leading Second um, with Brandon Stewart. It was really cool. I didn't think much of it. He just, I actually did it because Pastor Jabin couldn't do it. And he was like, dude, can you do it for me? I was like, sure. And so, dude, there's this clip. It literally has 500,000 views on, on Instagram right now. And it's me talking about how the church is improperly using social media, generally speaking, you know, even though people feel personally attacked. Yeah. Is it the bulletin board one? Yeah. I've seen that. And, and I think that's just an, that's just a small picture. Like, 
there's so much people that like, don't understand what I'm saying. They're like, no, you don't want to keep people in their seats. I'm like, that's not what I'm, bro, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like your aim isn't service. Like the, 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 the greatest among you will be the greatest servant of all. Like just serve your community. Mm-hmm. And, and so how do you interpret that for the use of social media? Like I just find that that's not, it's not all that helpful. Like most churches, when I go on their, their, their IGs or whatever, it's just be here, be, you know, whenever. Uh, but if people were like, what's, what worship song are you listening to right now? It would yield engagements. Like what scripture is on your heart right now? Did you know that this meant this? Hey pastor, could we uh, shoot a seven day Devo just on hope? Uh, we'll shoot it one time sit and we'll release it once every Monday for the next seven weeks. We got seven Mondays to post. Like nobody's like kind of like thinking that way. And um, that's the beauty of what the podcast, I think celebrations actually doing at Kenan's church, right? Yep. That's the beauty of what a podcast in a church is supposed to look like a podcast for your people. Oh man, dude. And even beyond the Sunday, this was, I mean, do they do a podcast that, yeah, they just launched like two or three of them. Dude, let's go. Yeah. I, I literally like one thought I have and my thing is, like, I can't always apply the things that are in my brain or spirit when it comes to a creative standpoint. Sure. You know? But, like, starting a podcast, just sharing testimony. Like, hey, dude, God just blew up your business last year. Let's let's talk about it for 20 minutes and release it to your church. A member of your church. Yeah. And, like, a- and, and like, dude, if, if God wants it to blow up, maybe it will. Whatever. That's not the goal. The goal is that we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So like, how can we share more stories of how God's working in people's lives and sitting down like this and talking to a mom who's single and just, you know, she maybe sewed a t- her first tithe and has a cool story. Dude, that's going to freaking pump your congregation. It's going to encourage. Yeah. Especially it's, it's what makes it more encouraging is the fact that you know them and you can talk to them and you see them. Every oh, dude, it, it'll, it'll, it amplifies that encouragement. Yes. But it's not, I think here's the thing. It's not sexy. You know, it's not a cinematic testimonial video with three angles in a slider. It's ordinary, but there, you know, the Sunday, Monday morning faith, the new worship song that came out, no you way. need to, you need to listen to it. It's, okay. it's fire. But, uh, it's, it talks about the Monday morning faith, the Tuesday morning faith. And it's not just Sunday, Let's get like the big moments of life of being faithful in the moments that nobody ever sees. And obviously the podcast yeah. is showing the sure. moments that nobody ever sees, but it's that it's not this crazy story. It's just right. a, it's just an ordinary type faithful st- moment. For sure. I don't know if I answered that original question because I don't know what the original Neither question was. I. <laughs> I don't even know where we went off with That's that. That's what's fun about the podcast. No, though. for sure. You get, you get the flow. And dude, shout out to the like ever-changing white balance and the exposure because I, the sun's going nuts on I, us. I, know. I think we locked off white balance, so we should be fine. Okay. But the sun will maybe affect yeah, it. Yeah, I but saw that. Like It was like 10 minutes and I was like, that's going to make a difference. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I kind of like it, especially now you'll get, I don't know if you can see your feet, but the sun rays could look cool. Yeah. But a uh, couple... I know you got to go at 2.30. What time is it? I mean, it's one. Almost done. We'll, we'll wrap it up here pretty quick. But talk about social media specifically. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a buddy. Shout out Trey Cole. He is a youth. He's a college pastor. College youth. He has like three titles because it's a small church. Um, <laughs> Dude, I got 10 titles. We're not that small. I mean, it just yeah, never leaves. It's next man up type deal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> next <laughs> but, man <up> <laughs> but uh <laughs> he records his sermons on his iPhone and he has a lapel that goes into his iPhone and he uploads them to YouTube. Right. And there's millions of churches in America. I don't know if you know if there's a million churches probably that are experiencing the same, they probably have the same funds, same system as him. But what would you say to him? What should be the first priority for him taking the next step 
into growing a making an influence on a social media page whether that be making time to make reels out of that or maybe that's maybe we stick to youtube maybe we need to stick to making better thumbnails like what aspect of the social media content should be prioritized um i think the the answer is in the question in regards to like i think pick a social pick a platform you want to prioritize okay so like trying to trying to dominate all especially if you're a smaller church is just gonna wear you thin you know Mm -hmm. if Cool. Dude, if, if, if the Sunday sermon is like your, your one upload on a sun on, on your YouTube channel. Awesome. Yes. Do your best to do the thumbnails. I, I know a lot of people are like, they, they care a little bit about being like low key and great, which you can do in bigger churches. Like I can get a dope photo of, of pastor Steven Furtick because he's, because we just got the time we got the, the resources, but like you can literally batch thumbnails and it doesn't have to look like you on stage and you don't have to be a pastor smiling. It doesn't have to be a screenshot. Like you can actually make it work for you. So I think when it comes to like the YouTube strategy, I think like yeah, having a good thumbnail is, is key. Um, and then like having those like simple words on the screen, on the thumbnail, no more than like three that really like call that like person to click or whatever. But I think churches are under utilizing more uploads on their YouTube channel. So like, all the expectation is on the YouTube channel is just the archive of Sunday sermons. It, I think it should be more than that. I think it's like, hey, we have a playlist on how to read the Bible. Like, just just plan that out, and as soon as you make it, and it's done, and it's uploaded, and you released it over a course of time, now you have this resource for your church to access for free. Like, let's, hey, we're going through the book of Ephesians. It's going to be a five-part, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, my thing is, is like, you- most churches are creating content they're just, it's not just being captured, you know, like in a certain way. So, so then my, like my, my, and now I'm like, now I'm like overthinking it, but it's okay. <laughs> but here's, what's cool. You can take all that content that you're doing for YouTube and then you can cut it into micro pieces exactly. of content for social and, and upload consistently. This is what I call the mothership strategy. Like there are things that churches do that can, that can be a mothership way of create, of capturing content. And the way it's the reason why it's called the mothership strategy, because like, you know, planes take off and come back and like so many things could be taken from that one piece of sit down content. Right. And you do it at this podcast. We sit down once we shoot it. And how many uploads are we going to get on IG from this conversation? You know, I see a few. Uh, every second of it's going to be in 30 <laughs> seconds, <laughs> all vertical. But uh, actually, a question I was going to ask earlier, I forgot, but I'm glad I remembered. When I first, so I got saved and then we started this podcast and I bought a camera to video the podcast in the A6400 and I started just filming like rain outside and like puddles and crap. I just filmed whatever I could give and I slowly progressed, 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 right? But what I found myself doing is I definitely, one of my pitfalls and one of the things I'm, I didn't do the best was I definitely coveted after my skill set. Like where I'm at now, I'm at a place where I'm like, okay, like I'm I'm at a baseline level of skill where I can call myself like I'm comfortable, right? Before I got here, it was I didn't have peace in the growing phases of my of acquiring my skill set, learning, watching your stuff, watching Peter McKinnon stuff, uh, watching these tutorials, and it was very hard for me to not put my identity in how good my videos were. Um, this can be for musicians, videographers, photographers, any really skill set. What would you say to them to help not to help that growing phase and in the turmoil of it is like I'm not good yet, but I know I want to be good in that 
kind of limbo dance with that. No, dude. I mean, I, I think a, a trait that I'm trying to figure out, like if it's taught or caught, and I think it's more caught than taught is hunger. You know, like not everyone wants to be better at what they do and uh, they get complacent, you know, and you're, but you're saying your, your issue is you're finding too, your identity and growing in your skills. Yeah. Prior, like for the first six months to eight months when I was making these terrible videos, yeah, I knew I wanted to be Sam Coulter, you know, but yeah. I'm still not Sam Coulter, obviously, but it was a challenge because I wanted to be good and I knew what my standard was for success sure. and I wasn't living up to it. You know, so it was a real, it was real challenging for no, me. No, yeah. I mean, I think it just comes down to the heart. I mean, like, because I think your desire to want to be better isn't from the devil. You know, like, yeah. I, and, and, and Proverbs talks about, like, he who is skilled in their work will sit amongst kings. It'll actually be because you're really good at something is why you'll even have the opportunity to influence people who you shouldn't even be in the same room with. It's simply your skill set. Mm. So... I don't think the desire to want to be better at your skill. I think most people that like, you know, I, I it's funny because like on a Sunday, sometimes it just turns into not an encouragement, but like a consultation, you know, like, yeah, Pastor Omar, I hope, yeah, everything's going good. Yeah. So I got this thing like you know, I'm trying to, and that's cool. And I'm always like down to help. Right. I think a lot of the times people just forsake like the long game, you know, like stick with something and just get good at it. But I think it's, to not find, to, to, to avoid finding your identity in it, I think is having things in your life that humble, to just humble you back. And I think one, one way of doing that is simply just staying connected to the church. So I'm not, I'm not going to just get really good at my skill outside of the church. Like, no, as I get good at it, I'm going to, it's going to, I'm going to give it back to the church. And dude, there, there has been, I, th I think I can count on my hand, like around five creatives that are in our church that were not full-time owning their own business, doing creativity, videography, and photography, but simply because they were willing to give their time to the, the house. And I'm always willing to like help people level up in this regard. Dude, they're, they got their own businesses and they're, they're like shooting their own wedding. And like, they, they didn't know anything before the church. I love that, you know, but at the end of the day, it, t it does take Monday through Saturday to like level up, you know, like what are you doing to, to hone your craft? But then don't, don't learn all this stuff because you found out about it in the local church and then walk away and, dude, and walk away. Cause that's another thing we see, you know, I mean, you, you're, say you become the next Sam Coulter and then you, you die. I mean, what good was that skill set you learned if it's not sewed back into something in the kingdom? Right. You know, I mean, there's, there's a baseline level of value. I don't negate sure. that, but do that. Another thing I love about the local church generational melting pot I also love that it's a place where you can get hands-on on certain equipment and things like that. Like a lot of creatives that are even on the strip right now, they got their start in the church, you know? Like, yes, a lot of them have like dipped out and chucked the deuce, but like there is no other place, I believe, that you, you can get free rep, rep, repetitive help on equipment and like level up week after week. like. You know, when, when I think about like the equipment that City Light has and somebody who's trying to get in the video, I'm like, where else do you want to go? You want to pay for an internship somewhere else? No, dude, free, serve on. God's house. Come dude. on in here. <laughs> um, and so like, it's really cool that you can get your hands on certain things. You, you know, you get to, like Peter McKinnon talks about how he loves weddings because it's product photography, it's portraits, it's group photos, it's event photography. It, you know, it, it does everything within the umbrella. I think the same as a church, you know, the church. 
the church has a, a new Devo out like product photography or video, you know, like, like it's, it's a umbrella of a content playground and it's just a cool place that you like a creative can actually grow in. I think it just, it's just knowing that you like, don't, yeah, don't chuck the deuces after the church helped you out, bro. Or That's a real right there. That was, that was good. That was good <laughs> stuff there. I'll, we could probably got two more questions paired with that or what I was saying about, um, not putting your identity in how good you are. We've established that to the other flip side of the question. Churches seem to be always a step behind in good content and making good content. Right. Um, just, I mean, general, generally speaking, generally speaking, yeah, not everybody you, city life. Sure. Ain't no, I mean, you, you got your, whatever <laughs> you want stuff, whatever percentile. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this church is doing great stuff. I just don't follow them. Exactly. Know? But yeah, no, but for sure though, <laughs> Tim, you know, Tim Ross, yeah, he's killing so it. So Tim Ross Loving posted it. a reel, and he saying, talked about just because we're Christians, we don't have to affirm terrible content. And it was somewhat oh, in the sure. content. Like, we're going to affirm, like, hey, I, I applaud your heart, and, like, let's grow. But my video, Cole Harris's video sucked at the beginning. Yeah. Like, we don't got to beat around the bush. Like, you didn't buy a nice camera. You have, you're using a T3i, which Did can we be say used. your first videos are going to be your... Worst videos. Come on now. But we are definitely our worst. <laughs> Ours are so bad. I think that some of the first things we did are not on YouTube anymore, <laughs> as they should. I'm sure you have similar stories. Oh, but 100. No, like, I, you just go into that. Like, having a baseline understanding of my identity is not tied to my work, but we're also called to strive and be the best in making the best content we can. No, dude. I mean, I think, number one, it's identifying the fact that content value is more imp- important than production value. So... Mm-hmm. I do think a lot of churches are hung up on the idea that we can't make it look as good as we want to. So we're not going to do it. But like content value matters. Like, I mean, I have yet to find a church that like is crushing it with a smartphone. It, you know, 30% of my IG is shot on my iPhone, you know, and, and the content because of the potency of the content, it does wonders. So I think we're, it, I think it's a mindset thing to begin with. It's, it's, it's having more of a missional mindset on social and just help your church on social media. Like, whatever that means, you can do that. You know, like, that's how the church can be better at using it. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily getting all the right, you know, gear and having it, like, it perfect. But that's the thing is, like, you see a church, like, get to a point where they can afford that. Mm-hmm. And then everything they do is polished. Like, my friend, my friend's church in, uh, that he's a part of in Fort Worth. Like he showed me like what they're working on in December. The, their church has exploded in the last few years, but he's, he would even say they're not doing social media the way they should be. Right. They're putting all this energy into like high production stuff. And I'm like, is anybody capturing like BTS? Like with a smartphone, like is, is anybody talking about showing that you guys are doing that? No, it's like this, no nah, man, we're gonna, the church, we're, church is gonna see it on like when we have Sabbath Sunday and it's gonna be this sick production. And it's like, all this energy for one thing when that mothership thing of content could have been utilized in so many different ways. So I think it's actually the question is how can churches steward their social media platforms better rather than do social media better? Because I think it's, they're failing at, at stewarding the opportunities Mm. that are already presenting itself. I'm not asking churches to do more of anything. I'm asking them to just, attack it differently think of it differently you know like pastors already writing content or or i would even say like 
there, there, there are people in your church that, like that, like have a voice, you know, like what churches aren't even yeah. utilizing influencers in their churches. That's, you know, what like, I, that's kind of what I was going to say is just that maybe even giving a calling on the members of churches to 100. be like, Hey, I'm, if you have like, there's a lot of, you know, where you can think of, you can have an idea of churches. Well, there's a lot of small churches that their leaders probably like, they're so far out of the game of those oh, no, type sure. of things. Right. And so if you have any idea, be like, Hey, step up and be like, yeah, and hey, obviously have your like process right? to like check, you know, the character and all that stuff like aligned. Um, but there is something about raising up voices on a digital standpoint. They don't need to stand on the platform on Sunday, but they mm-hmm. can totally be faces on things that you're producing. Dude. I, I mean, we had a team night and you know, I'm just like, I'm going to take my little iPhone mic. I had somebody follow me around on the iPhone and I was like, Hey, what do you think the special announcement is? And I just had this like $30 mic with my iPhone and I just created a quick reel for the, for city light and we posted it and like the love it got because it is inclusive. I wasn't fancy. It was literally just on my phone interviewing people. And like, and so, uh, um, I actually think youth, mis- youth ministries are probably doing a better job. I, I've been seeing some, some youth reels. I'm like, Oh, these are, yeah, these no, are, just like some jumping cringe, on, some you know, yeah. Jumping on trends, you yeah. know, using things like, and so maybe may, it might be commissioning them to like, you know, you know, carry on. The thing is, is like, you just, you do have to get over most churches just need to get over the fact of like how things look, just get past that and just worry about what's actually being put out. Like, is there, is this helpful content? Will this encourage somebody? Will this, is this educational in any way? And sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes empowerment or encouraging is humor. Like, cool. We made somebody laugh today. That's like awesome. You know? Um, anyway, I think, uh, yeah, I just think they stewarding the platform better. Just, just know that those are those numbers that you follow your account are people and that you are essentially competing. People hate that word. Oh, the church ain't competing. The church is in their own. No, no, you're competing with everybody else they follow. Okay. I have found this, that there's only a few people that this is, it's kind of meta. There's only a few people that people follow that show up a lot in their feeds. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you follow whoever you follow. I would probably say there's about seven to 15 people from the people you follow that actually post consistently like every day. And then when you open up your platform, it's just those five to 12, 15 people. Shout out to Keenan Clark again. Yeah. Keenan's always on. Oh, no, 100. Keenan. Yeah. (laughs) So, so whoever follows Keenan, he would just be one of the 15, you know, like, but it's usually not a huge number because it hasn't unlocked yet. But like, with the resources the church has and usually the ability to hire somebody on like why, why why aren't they showing up more than this influencer and by influencer whatever whoever you follow you know like um yeah so i mean i think it like because that's why i don't that's why i don't like try to preach like a, a production game it's a volume game so figure out the processes you can get in a place that you can produce just more content um and and i think it'll it'll be super beneficial for your church They'll be better because of it. Come on. And I wouldn't be surprised if God just honors it and everybody else follows because it's like you're doing something different. You're doing something more frequent and it's encouraging, you know, empowering mm-hmm. um, and educational. You got anything else? I feel like I no, feel like that was pretty far. 12, so I, I figured yeah. Time. Well, uh, dude, read another scripture, another whole chapter. Dude. Come yeah, come on. <laughs> 35, 40 verses off the me. top. Psalm 119. Well, uh, thank you all for watching. Make sure you all follow Omar. Anything you want to say about video department oh dude i mean i'm pumped i mean it's kind of just like a low-key that i'm doing 
if you guys didn't notice, we're, we're shooting in a place that I'm turning into my home office slash studio or moving from my home office. I will use it for other things like small events and things like that. But yeah, the video department, I'm, I want to create programs for communities uh, to get them their results faster. So here's what's funny about Think Media. Think Media just is a solution to a lot of people's problems. But every time you find a solution, you create more problems. When you go buy your iPhone, you just solve the problem that you, got, you have a phone now. But what problems that kicks off? I need a case. Charger. I need a charger. I need AirPods. So I have found there is a problem where people are spending hours and days and weeks on, on YouTube and not actually getting the full picture. And so I, I just want to help certain individuals um, you know, get that as soon as, I mean, as quick, like I got no time to play, bro. All I know is I need to be creating content. All right, let's do it. You know? So that's the video department creating on cool programs. The one that I'm working on right now is called start your studio, but I would just say, follow me on IG. When I launch that, I'll launch it. Follow him on the gram, follow him on uh, YouTube. Maybe he'll post in the next year or so. Maybe <laughs> not, but uh, we appreciate you coming on bros. Dude, it was thank real. You. Appreciate it, you it blessed us for sure. Um, thank you for watching. We'll see you in the next episode.